Well, Kent, I think we could not have picked a better day to come out here. Yeah, late fall, sun shining, and we're at one of the best birding places in Vermont. We are at the Dead Creek Wildlife Management Area in Addison. It's about 3,000 acres of farm fields, wetlands, and one of the things that this place is known for by bird watchers is waterfowl. And what we're looking for in particular is the greater snow goose. So you want to go see if we can find a huge flock of thousands of these birds? Yeah, let's do it. I love it. All right. I'm Kent McFarland. And I'm Sarah Zahendra. We're biologists with the Vermont Center for Eco Studies. Welcome to Outdoor Radio. Let's go find us some snow geese. Let's do it. A little bit off towards Snake Mountain, off to the east over there. I think I'm hearing a very large flock of geese. You can just barely hear the din, but it sounds like there could be possibly thousands of geese over there. So let's head around and see if we can see them at the goose viewing area. We're going to go where the geese are. Exactly. And by the parking area is where they have corn planted. And often the geese are out there trying to find some of the waste corn to feed on. Now, from my understanding, and I never saw this because I wasn't in Vermont back then, but my understanding is these flocks used to be much, much bigger. And is this true? There used to be up to 20,000 geese in a flock? Oh, yeah, definitely. In the 90s, there was sightings of up to 20,000 geese out in these fields. We will be lucky to see a few thousand right now. But that's actually not such a sad story, right? Their numbers have, technically their numbers have declined, but for once, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, it's kind of a, you know, a conservation management success story because really what happened is, is that in the early 1900s, there were so few snow geese that hunting was completely stopped. And by the 1970s, they started hunting again in the 1970s because the populations were so robust. Right, and with populations that big, we're talking like a million birds, what was happening is that on their breeding grounds in the Arctic tundra, they were ruining some of the land there. Yeah, there were so many geese in the 1980s and 1990s that um, they were literally turning places in the Arctic into mud holes. There was just way too many geese. And uh, it looks like probably the reason was is that the geese had found really good wintering grounds in the mid-Atlantic where there was a lot of waste grain. So they had plenty of food. Plenty of food. Nice and warm. It wasn't bad. The weather was nicer in the mid-Atlantic. It wasn't quite as cold. But when you have about 1.5 million greater snow geese in the Arctic, there was problems going on with the environment. So they upped the, the hunting of them and within a few years brought the population down to about 800,000. And it's been pretty steady for a while. So it's been fluctuating around 800,000 for, for several years now. So it looks like the way that they have decided to manage these birds has been a success. It is. It's, it's a stable population now, like, like we said, around 800,000. So that's one reason why it's harder to find the snow geese here at Dead Creek. But the other reason is, is that, well, snow geese have wings. <laughs> and we've lost our empire of snow geese here to the Empire State. Wait, 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 wait. What you're telling me is that New York beat us out well, as far as favorable snow goose habitat? I guess so. There's more snow geese now migrating down the western side of Lake Champlain than there are over here on the eastern side. All right, let's pull off here and see what we can find. All right. Get out your binoculars. Let's take a look. Wow. That is a lot of snow geese. It's breakfast time. Well, you can't mistake these birds when you see them out in the field. I mean, they're almost pure white. They can be a little stained dingy from ground, but it's basically a white bird with black wingtips. And when they rise up, 
it really, honestly, it looks like a snowstorm of geese. It really does, except those black wingtips are absolutely beautiful. So it's a stark black wingtip against a stark white bird, except as you mentioned, it's kind of dingy head that it has because it grubs around in the mud and, and pulls plants up and so its head can get a little bit dirty. And we can see a couple of thousand snow geese, but that's not forever. They don't stay here throughout the winter, right? No, they're, I mean, they're called snow geese because they're white, not because they like snow. <laughs> so as soon as it really starts snowing, they're out of here. So beginning of December, they disappear and they head down to the mid-Atlantic states. The other cool thing to remember about some of these flocks is that they migrate as family groups. They do. Yeah, so pairs will, st will stay together, bonded for life. And then the much. young stick with their parents. For, for up a to a couple time. years. Yeah. yeah, they can fly back and forth with them. So these are family groups that are out there. They definitely stick together. Yeah, look at that blue goose coming in right there. Yeah. Going left. Oh, cool, yeah. See him? Yeah, I see him. Blue goose, right? There's right. probably, what, 10 of them out there that I can see with my binoculars. Yeah, because a blue goose is a greater snow goose, but it's a different morph. It's wearing different clothes. Basically. Yeah, it's called a blue goose because it's dark colored instead of this white snow goose looking. It's got a white head, but it's got a bluish gray body to it. And it's, a, it's actually a dominant gene. For a long time, until about 70 years ago, they thought they were separate species. And it turns out that blue geese actually were from the central flyway mostly. And the greater snow geese here in the eastern flyway, there, was, there wasn't any blue morphs. But in the last 50 years or so, the blue morphs have moved eastward. But it's the same species, just a different, different color variation. And sometimes you'll see that they've got splotches of white on their bellies or on their neck. That's a lot of geese. I'm really waiting for them to get spooked by something and to all fly up at the same time. It's called a dread, and there's safety in numbers out there, so there's a few paying attention, and if a large raptor flies over, or sometimes even a plane or something flies over, we're going to see them rise up, all 3,000 of those geese up in the air, and it's going to be pretty cool. Oh, uh, look in the gully back there. They're really rising up out of the gully in the well, sunlight. Yay, there they go! Yeah. The whole flock took off. Amazing. All of a sudden, the far end took off, and within a minute, they're all up. That's like a swirl of snow. It is. It's like snowmageddon. <laughs> snowmageddon. <laughs> <laughs> they're all coming out of that back alley. And they're coming down. Oh, look at that flock coming in now. That's like a couple hundred. But easily. Oh, yeah, look at them all setting down yeah, way back they're there. All back I mean, the far end, just I saw a few of them rise up, and it was like a wave of snow geese just taking off. This has been a really fantastic morning. I have enjoyed seeing these geese, but you know what I think? What's that? I want to see 40,000 geese. You want to take a road trip to Quebec <laughs> with me? <laughs> well, just like the geese out there feeding them ready to go get some food, so why don't we head up and talk about that? I'm Sarah Zahendra. And I'm Kent McFarland. Thanks for listening to Outdoor Radio.